Hey, this is Pablo Galvez, Legal and Tax Advocacy Officer at Eurocham Myanmar. Business in Myanmar can be challenging, and that's why it's important to have a clear understanding of the legal and tax framework in the country. And Eurocham Myanmar intends to provide exactly that through this podcast channel, spreading valuable and up-to-date information on legal and tax issues in Myanmar. If you would like to learn more, you can visit our website and subscribe to our new newsletter. I have here Lingi Kweg from Dentons Myanmar and Eunice Chan from Cas Myanmar. Uh, please feel free to introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, Pablo, and hi everyone. I'm Eunice from Cas Myanmar IP Services. Uh, Cas is an IP firm headquartered in Malaysia that has been around for 20 years. In those 20 years, we've expanded into Indonesia, Singapore, and since 2017 into Myanmar. Thank you, Eunice. Uh, what about you, Lingi? Hi everyone, this is Lingi from Dentons Myanmar. Dentons is currently the world's largest and leading law firm. Dentons Myanmar is a direct subsidiary of the Dentons Rodak Davidson in Singapore. We've been around in Singapore for more than 150 years. We're the oldest law firm and uh, leading the Dentons ASEAN practice uh, in the Southeast Asian region. Thank you, Lingi. So guys, uh, tell me why IP protection is important to investors. Uh, well, maybe I'll take this one first. Um, IP protection is important because it is uh, IP is a form of asset as well, and it's a very important asset, especially to uh, our clients in the pharmaceutical sector as well as the tech companies. And uh, many of the foreign investors we work with uh, are very concerned about whether or not the uh, intellectual property uh, can be protected in Myanmar before they consider entering the market. So Myanmar's uh, new IP laws have been uh, fi uh, finally passed as of this year. The trademark law and, and industrial design law on 13 January, the patent law on 11 March, and the copyright law on 24th May. What does this mean for businesses and IP owners in Myanmar? Uh, yes, Pablo, these are very interesting times for businesses in Myanmar because the IP laws affect the business world to a large extent. What we can first look at is an overview of how IP rights have been protected in Myanmar, what will change with the new IP laws, and what can be done right now before the new laws are implemented. Great! So we start with industrial design rights and patent rights? Absolutely! The Office of Registration of Deeds in Yangon uh, stopped accepting patent and design applications in September 2017. This means that patent and design rights can only be obtained once the respective laws are implemented in Myanmar. In the meantime, the only way to prove or claim ownership over your invention or design currently is by publishing a cautionary notice in the local newspaper, which also serves to warn against potential infringement. However, the publication of a cautionary notice is not mandatory by any law and is merely an established practice in Myanmar. I see. What are some highlights uh, of the new patent law? Um, a couple of things stand out. One is the suspension on patent protection for pharmaceutical products, chemical products for agriculture, food and beverage related inventions, and microbiological substances due to Myanmar's status as a least developed country. Another is that the exhibition date of an invention in a recognized exhibition can be the priority date for the patent application. So usually what happens is that the first filing date is the priority date and disclosure before the priority date would mean that the invention is not new. In some countries like Indonesia, such disclosure can be disregarded if the exhibition was recognized by the Indonesian Patent Office. Mm. 
Moving on to trademark rights, what do we need to know? The new trademark law follows a first to file rule, meaning that the first person to file the trademark will get the rights. At this point in time, trademark applications can still be filed at the Office of Registration of Deeds under the old system. Under this practice, trademarks are registered by filing a declaration of ownership. Once the registration process is completed, a cautionary, cautionary notice is published in a local newspaper to inform the public of the owner's exclusive rights on the trademark. Renewal of registration and republication of the cautionary notice is recommended every three years. Um, if the owner wants to enforce their rights, the declaration of ownership and cautionary notice are the main forms of evidence of continuous use of the trademark in Myanmar. <laughs> and where copyright is concerned? There is no registration procedure. Uh, the protection of original literary, artistic, musical, and dramatic works was previously legislated by the Copyright Act 1914, which only regulated domestic issues and did not recognize co copyrights from foreign countries. The new copyright law repeals this act and will be compliant to international frameworks and with the Agreement on Trade-Related Aspects of Intellectual Property Rights, or, or the TRIPS Agreement. It should be noted that Myanmar is also currently not a signatory to the Berne Convention for the Protection of Literary and Artistic Works or any other international copyright treaties. Lingyi, let me ask you, which law will be implemented first? The trademark, industrial design, or patents law? Well, what we understand is that it is very likely that the trademark law will be implemented first. Um, as we, we are aware, the trademark protection is more prevalent in Myanmar uh, compared to other forms of IP, we are seeing uh, more trademarks being protected by the declaration of ownerships and we're seeing cautionary notices in the papers relating more to trademark protection. Um, and um, for us, we've seen most of our foreign investors uh, making sure that their trademarks are protected before they enter the market. So we've handled more trademark registrations compared to the other forms of intellectual property. And um, what we understand also is that uh, after the trademark law is rolled out, uh, this will be followed by the industrial design law, um, and then probably patents law being, uh, being the third one, because patents are slightly more complex. Uh, they require a registration platform uh, that is able to support the, the complicated designs, the, the data, and the any other information that needs to be uploaded, so that will take a while. Ah, I see, I see. Uh, so, when is the trademark law likely to be implemented? Well, we understand that the trademark law uh, is targeted to be implemented uh, by the end of this year. Uh, however, we also understand that the, uh, currently the IP department is under the Ministry of Education. They are currently moving from the Ministry of Education to the Ministry of Commerce. So, uh, you know, that, that may be holding them back a, a little bit. Uh, but in any event, what we understand from the IP department is they will try their best to roll it out by the end of this year. So this is one of the reasons that we will be focusing a lot on trademark rights on, on, on this episode. Uh, based on what was mentioned earlier, if I already have a trademark file at the Office of Registration of Deeds, do I have to re-register under the new law? What is the easiest way to ensure that I still own the rights to my trademarks? Unfortunately, there is no procedure to automatically re-register marks that were recorded under the old system. The law expressly requires that marks be registered under the new system to benefit from the protections provided. 
This means that trademarks that have been filed at the Office of Registration of Deeds must be re-registered once the new law is implemented, otherwise they lose their validity. However, as also mentioned in the previous podcast, some rights gained from prior registration may be recognized and preserved, but these rights and the transition period to reapply for a mark are not specified, so it's generally advised that trademark owners focus on having their mark registered as soon as possible, at least once the new IP office is established and starts accepting applications. Thank you, Nice. Uh, Lingi, will the new trademark applications be filed electronically or manually? Uh, we understand that the applications will be filed both electronically and manually. Um, what we understand that is um, it, an online system will be set up for trademark application to be filed. Um, the, a, the filing agents, uh, such as law firms or trademark filing agents, uh, have to request for an account registration with the IP department. And once this account is set up, an access code will be assigned and uh, trademark applications can then be filed electronically. Uh, applicants are also required to manually file the application documents at the registry to ensure that all requisite documents are in place. As we have seen with the uh, Myanmar Companies Law and uh, the, the, the MyCo system, uh, we expect that the system will need some time to warm up. So I think this is actually a very good move by the IP department to have applications filed both electronically and manually. When it comes to uh, manual filing of trademark applications, can the form be downloaded online or do we have to purchase a copy of the form directly from the registry? Well, we understand that the new, with the new online system, all the documents will be available for download online. Uh, there will be no need to uh, purchase a copy of the physical form directly from the registry. I see, that's, that's good news. Uh, will the application form be in the Myanmar language? Uh, what about the specification of goods? Uh, yes, the uh, application form uh, will be available in the lang English language uh, in addition to the Myanmar language. So uh, foreign investors don't have to worry. Uh, the applications are generally able to be submitted in English. Uh, the specification of goods can also be submitted in English. Um, applications, uh, having, having said that, um, translations may be requested by the registrar because the registrar still has an overriding discretion to ask for translation of documents as and when they require it. I see. Uh, Eunice, what are some of the opportunities provided by the new trademark law? Uh, well, first of all, there will finally be a proper trademark database. So trademark owners will be able to conduct a trademark search and be assured that they're not creating or using a trademark that already exists or that may be confusingly similar to an existing trademark. Um, before we could only search, before and now actually, we can only search through published cautionary notices and that's not a particularly reliable system because it's a manual collection of cautionary notices by law firms or IP firms. So you can see where there could be room for inaccuracies if the collection omitted certain newspapers or missed certain issues. Um, opportunity number two would be that trademark owners can stop third parties from filing trademarks which are similar to theirs through an opposition procedure. What happens is once a trademark application is submitted and there are no objections by the, by the registrar or the objections are overcome, the application moves on to the publication stage where there will be a 60-day window for anyone to file an opposition against the trademark in an attempt to deny the application. And thirdly, rights can be better enforced under the new law, which specifies more effective penalties for trademark misuse or infringement compared to before. 
So with registered rights, trademark owners can have more peace of mind as any misuse or infringement of their trademark can be countered by taking legal action. Hmm, that's good. Uh, what about the risk of the new trademark law? Uh, the main risk is for current trademark owners who have registered through the old system. As the new law practices the first to file rule, the owner, regardless of the fact that they have already registered before at the Office of Registration of Deeds, must prepare to file their mark again once the new law kicks in or risk losing their rights. There really is no way around it. Another quote-unquote risk is that the new law examines and restricts marks which are descriptive from being registered. So existing marks which have generic or laudatory or common words in their mark may be refused registration. Hmm, I see. What are some examples of local trademarks that use these words? Um, some examples would be like the mark juicy for juice and cordials, the mark good taste for snacks, and the marks premier and rich for coffee products. These marks may face objections during the registration stage, and when that happens, the trademark owner will have to provide a lot of evidence to prove acquired distinctiveness to overcome these objections. Having said that, Good Taste and Premier are famous brands in Myanmar, so they may fall under well-known trademarks, which are also recognized under the new law. But until the defining criteria is set for well-known trademarks, this remains to be seen. So, under the, new, under the Trademark Act, if both marks are filed on the same day, the register will order the parties to engage in discussion and refile the mark under the name of the appointed party. Lingyi, what happens if the parties are unable to come to a decision on who the mark belongs to? Will the register intervene? Um, what we understand is the register will not intervene. Uh, parties are expected to negotiate and resolve the issue amongst themselves. Uh, if there's a deadlock, they can consider a lottery pick. Okay, uh, that was really interesting. Thank you to both. Uh, I think this, uh, like this, we will finish the, the podcast, this podcast episode. Um, to our listeners, I hope you have enjoyed the episode and we hope to have you back in the next one. Uh, thank you, Lingyi. Thank you, Pablo. Thank you, Nis. Thanks, Pablo. Bye-bye.